I find myself leaning toward her and speaking quietly, adopting her attitude. What do you want? I ask her. I'll be right with you, Zach calls from the counter. His friends turn, and their eyes slide over us, except for the big-shouldered black guy, who just stares straight ahead. I wonder what kind of jobs these men have. They always seem to be free to hang around his hamburger place on Friday afternoons. For all I know, maybe they've wondered the same thing about Lorna and me. I don't know what's on your mind, I tell the woman, but a friend is coming to join me any minute, and a flicker of a smile moves across her face so quickly that I wonder if I saw it. She still doesn't speak, and she keeps twisting her fingers together so hard I imagine it must hurt. Zack swings a leg over the nearest chair back and sits down at my table, too. What is this? I ask him. You're Christina Lattimore, right? He asks in a low voice. I don't like people intruding in my life, disrupting things, especially these people, so I get as cold as the nose on the stone dog that sits by the gate in front of my grandmother's home in River Oaks and say, I beg your pardon, but I see no reason to answer that question. Okay, okay, he says, still bending toward me, still talking in that low voice. This here's my wife, Loretta. You come in this place every Friday. We just thought we'd get acquainted, that's all. I automatically nod politely toward his wife. I really am waiting for a friend, if you don't mind. Zack stands up, scraping his chair back noisily, and pulls on the woman's arm. Her chair falls over with a clatter, and this time everyone in the place stares at us. Okay, okay, whatever you say, he answers, loud enough for people to hear. What's on his mind, anyway? Why is he acting so strangely? There has to be a purpose in this, but for the life of me, I can't figure out what it is. I feel as though I were in the middle of one of those audience participation dramas little Mr. Blimes is always putting on in the drama department. Zack walks back to the counter, and the woman scurries out the door, huddled into herself like a small brown field mouse. Lorna passes her in the doorway. What a relief. She's hurrying, but I'm the only one who would realize it. She isn't the least out of breath, and every hair is in place. She puts her books down gracefully and glides into the chair next to mine. Something crazy is going on, I tell her. You mean the phone call? You know about it? What phone call? Well, you said something crazy was going on, and I thought you meant the phone call. You haven't told me what phone call. I don't know what you're talking about. She settles herself with a little flutter and says, Well, just as my last class was over, I got a note saying that I was to go to the office to accept a phone call. Who was it? Nobody, she says. It was the oddest thing. The operator kept trying to get the person who was placing the call and kept telling me to hold. Finally, she said there had been a mistake and the call was for someone at a different number. Weird. I know. That's why when you said something was crazy, I thought you meant that phone call. So, 
Anyhow, that's why I'm late. She sniffs the air and makes a puckery face. I think I'll order mine without onions today. I shrug. I'll get them. Zach has the hamburgers ready by the time I get to the counter. No onions on one, I tell him. He lifts the lid on one of the oversized buns, scrapes the glistening scramble of limp onion slices into a pan, slaps the top of the bun back on, and hands me a tray with the two burgers and Cokes on it. I put some money into his hand, and he gives me the change. Neither of us says another word to the other, but he looks at me again, knowingly. I'm really disturbed. I turn quickly so I don't have to look at him and go back to the table. I don't think we should come in here anymore, I tell Lorna. She takes a dainty...